my God, what a week it was. What a week of football it was. Just absolutely unbelievable. We had some of the craziest, absolutely most insane games that you could have possibly asked for. Baltimore, how can you give up? How, how could you do that? How could... 21 points! Oh, my God. Absolutely brutal. But the game was fire. It was lit. It was so good. We had a lot of stinkers this week. We also had some absolutely unbelievable games. We're going to talk about some of those players today. Changing up a little bit this week, we are going to be talking about uh, some dynasty trends. Uh, kicking it off here at week two. We'll do this every couple of weeks. Some things that stood out to us, whether we're buying in or not. This, of course, is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. This is the flagship program, the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. I am the host with the most time in his hands. I'm Thomas Tipple FF. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, FF underscore RTDB, one of the smartest men alive, and at Big Billy FF, another one of the smartest men alive. And that's why I just push the buttons. Gentlemen, absolutely wild week. Uh, Jacob, how recovered are you from knowing that the Jaguars own... Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Man, I, I'm in this group chat with a bunch of people from Dynasty Twitter, but randomly there's like three Colts fans in it. And all of us before the game, we were like, we have no chance in this game. Like we're, we're about to get absolutely blitzed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then everybody was trying to make fun of us throughout the game. And it's like, what are you trying to accomplish? No. We all knew this was going to happen. It's like, <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? It's like when people make fun of me for being from Winnipeg, they're like, man, Winnipeg, pretty cold, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it sucks. It is. Actually. It's great. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> yeah. that. I enjoy your palm trees, jackass. Um, yeah, the Colts are depressing. Uh, they haven't won, I don't know, it feels like my entire life. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this time, like, this was way better than in previous years. Like, this was, it was very clear from like the first quarter what was going to happen. I, I turned it off by halftime. Um, yeah. In previous years, we've had Josh Scobie making like 62 yard field goals at the end of the clock. Like, this is, this is a much, much easier Colts Jacksonville loss to take than the than the media number. Can't wait to get <laughs> crushed by the Chiefs next week. Oh, two oh my God! Absolutely, it's it's clear. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is the Colts MVP. Uh, apparently, that that can't be more obvious. He literally uh, is. is. Like yeah, I know you're saying this to needle me, but like I've I've said this where it's like as much as I'm like I think Pittman's all over it. He's like so so much better than any other yeah. receiver on the Colts. I mean every. Colts tweet I think I've had for two years now is like, man, it really sucks that we don't have any wide receiver depth. If Michael Pittman ever gets injured, um, we don't have a team anymore. That's kind of weird to set your roster up yeah. like that. Sure enough, Michael Pittman gets injured. And uh, what do you know? Paris Campbell, not a number one receiver in the NFL. Who, who absolutely, absolutely not. Billy, the the pack pulled it through. Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. Uh, uh, Aaron Jones, real good, uh, but still has to be concerning. Uh, they look beatable. They look they look beatable. Look, beatable makes it to the Super Bowl in the NFC this year. Like, <laughs> like outside of the Eagles, so no NFC team looks good. I know. Like, I the, put... the Vikings went out and looked like a high school team. But I, I'm not thinking about any of that right now. I'm real excited because this Saturday, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get to watch Bijan Robinson live in action, just destroying Texas Tech. So I'm, I'm real excited about that. But Love that. RB1 2023 is about to make our team look dumb. <laughs> on on Sunday, January 8th uh, at 10 o'clock, I put a $100 bet that the Eagles would win their division. Uh, at It was plus 250 at the time. Nice. I feel really good about that. They look great. Uh, 
That's enough. That's you, enough. Re- oh, well, I don't get to list off all of my Eagles future pets live on the show. Oh, my That's God. That's my favorite part of the program want. that I have okay. from six years back. Let's go. Yeah, actually, I have Donovan McNabb to lead the NFL in pass yards. I have Freddie Mitchell to anytime touchdown score. No, um, I but no, for real, this year, I do have Eagles to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,800. Jalen oh. Hurts to win MVP, plus 4,000. Eagles oh. to win the division, plus 250. Uh, and then I have Eagles to finish first in the division with the Giants finishing second in the division at plus 1,800. So Damn, you went deep fly, on Eagles, that fly. one. Oh, and, I have, of course, have, and I, of course, I have Eagles over eight and a half. Go Giants go, too, on that nice, one nice. for sure. Love that. Um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Look, uh, I think that's enough real football talk. Let's get into yeah. the meat of it all. I don't really want to go through news and notes. Everything's kind of fresh in our minds. We'll get a better yeah. injury picture. We'll have all that stuff for you on The Walkabout, which has now moved to Friday nights, everyone. Keep that in mind. We moved that to Friday nights. Uh, so we will have that for you on Friday. Let's get into the Thursday game preview. And let's talk about it in the eyes of fantasy football. Nick Chubb went absolutely nuclear and Good is job. now being now being blamed for costing the Browns the game. Cause this time <laughs> you remember the time. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he scored at the two minute warning. And oh, the Jets that. had yeah, no timeout. Really good for my DFS lineup. So yeah, and the Jets here. went down the field because Flacco is starting right. his Kurt Warner story arc and won the game. What if Amari um, Cooper didn't drop the onside kick? Yeah, no. I think that yeah. lost in the game. He like went full tank basket. Who was it a couple of years ago where they kicked an onside and then like the entire defense forgot how an onside kick worked and just watched the ball roll by him? Yeah, I, I don't remember Falcons. that. Oh but yes, yes, like I remember what you're talking about. <laughs> like that, that's what Amari Cooper felt like. Was he just walks the bulk out? He's like, all right. I've already caught like ten passes today, guys. I'm not doing the onside kick. I'm fathomable to chat with you. It's one thing if it was a one possession game, but I just think once you're at the part of the game where the other team mathematically needs to recover an onside kick to win the game, like in my view. I know won the game and the only way to the only person that should be blamed at that point forward is the hand team. Also the defense. Yeah. Like what if you just don't give up two touchdowns to Joe how, Flacco in under two minutes? That seems embarrassing. How about you don't let Corey Davis uh, go. Uh, oh my God. Who caught that ball? Jacoby, Jacoby Jones on your defense and have no one near him. There's that too. But let's talk about Brown Steelers. Obviously the Steelers defense reeling TJ Watt, the torn peck, all that stuff. Yeah. Not great. The, they look terrible. The Steelers, like their offense looks bad. Um, oh, and Brissett actually was out there balling out uh, against the Jets, making Amari Cooper uh, a really good play this week. I'm glad I played him in the home yeah. league. How about that? Uh, shout out to, shout out to, um, he's never going to hear this and he probably doesn't even know that I have a Twitter account, but his name, his handle on Sleeper is GPLB52. He's in one of my leagues called Champions League. And he won by three points and his super flex position. He benched Tom Brady, who scored 11 and he played Jacoby Brissett instead. Oh, he scored 17. God. He won by three. And, and that was by the six point difference between Jacoby and Tom Brady. Never going to hear this. That is the most big dick alpha play start sit decision I've ever seen. He won it. 
um, the game exactly by that margin. Just yeah. want to shout out GPS. So funny. We we say like, don't be too smart for your own good. That's a too smart for your own good move. Or you're yeah. like, Brady doesn't win against the Saints. Evans is you know the what? only guy. He's playing Marshawn Lattimore. I'm going to play Jacoby Brissett over Tom Brady. <laughs> Let's he, did it. Some... And he did it. Good for Let's, him. Work. Let's do a pivot on the show. We're going to do a pivot right now on the show. We know what the Thursday game is going to be. You know who you're starting on the Thursday game. You're starting Kareem Hunt. You're starting Amari Cooper. You're you're starting uh, whoever you need to, if you have to, on the Steelers. I, I don't um, want anyone in this game. Like, that's what I'm coming to terms with. Right. Like, so even, like, if I, even if I had Deontay or Chubb or Hunt, like – as, as much as they're going to be in my lineup because I have them, I don't want to play them. Like, Billy, it, this game feels like it's going to be a classic Thursday night football game. Yeah, and it's an AFC North games, which is a, uh, an absolute snooze fest. Absolutely boring. So, Billy, we, things we, I would rather do than watch the uh, Browns and the Steelers on Thursday night. Uh, okay. I would rather um, feed ducks at the pond. For sure. Okay. Um, you know, just, just hand them croutons for three hours. Uh, I'm down with that. Crouton. I would rather that over most football games. Okay. Okay. So that's that's that, that's pleasant. All right. How about this? Yeah. I would rather I'd rather run on an elliptical for three hours. Okay. Um, worse. Worse. All right. Okay. Next up, I would rather run on an elliptical, but underneath the elliptical is molten lava. So <laughs> the plastic that I'm standing on slowly melts, and eventually. It's just disintegrates just such that I have to just like hold myself up by the bars to not fall into my death in the fire. I would rather do that than watch Browns and Steelers. No, I agree. It's going to be rough. It's going to be brutal. Uh, just box score watch. Uh, you can miss watching that game on Thursday. Uh, so instead, Billy, we heard about uh, a guy in a, one of Jacob's leagues that had an absolutely epic win. Did In all of the leagues that we play in, was there one league that had you losing your fucking mind yesterday? I'd actually I, rather talk about that than, than the Browns and Steelers, personally. I, I wish I could give a... First off, I got whooped in the league of record because everyone on Walkabout host Tom Lee, his team just woke up against me. That was horrendous. But um, my my favorite game of the week wasn't in any one we're in. It's in my work league. It still wasn't the highest score though in the, yeah, in the yeah, record. Yeah. Uh, my my work league. I went into last night with Diggs and Jalen Hurts against uh, Henry and Devonta Smith, and I was down by thirty five points. Oh, I was man. like, I hate that I have a chance. Like that that is the worst thing in fantasy. Where you're like, huh? There's I could pull this one shot. off. And there it was. I won I, by twenty-five. Wow. Oh my god. I had one of the worst losses I've ever had in fantasy football. Um last let's hear night. about it. Um so I'm in one league uh that I actually I co-own the team with Austin, um, friend of the show. And um it's a league where uh, half the half the prize pool is paid out for the highest score each week. Um, oh. like, so like, it's like segmented. So you get a little kickback. I think it's like $20 each week or something. And then the rest is, is to the winner. So there's like quite an incentive for high score each week. Anyway, uh, we were playing probably the other best team in the league. Our team's pretty loaded. And we, we went into Monday night up by 29 and a half. We had Jefferson. He had digs. He beat us. 
Diggs oh, beat my. Jefferson by 31. And so he made up the 29 and a half. He beat us by 1.5 points. And he had the highest score in the league and we were second. So not only did we lose the game, but we also lost the highest score prize because oh, uh, my Diggs God. beat Jefferson by 30. Yeah. That's absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. I'll say this. Let us see one my of the big- worst I've ever had. My losses this week were like games where I knew I was done. I think I faced like four different Hill, Waddle, yeah. Tua stacks. Like the ones that I lost, I lost. Too. However, <laughs> in the Big Billy Invitational, the roller coaster of emotions that I went through, I was up in this game. Uh, I could not lose. He did. He was not playing anyone. So he had one. It was. It was an absolute mid off. Oh no! One hundred and twelve. He no worst. I had 112 point or he has 112.3 points. Okay. I was hovering at 113 ish. Uh, I had Kirk cousins. So when I tell you that the fourth quarter, um, I, I was up a little more than that, obviously. Uh, so when I tell you that when in the fourth quarter, when Kirk cousins was yeeting interceptions, <laughs> fumbling, and then there's that last bit in the end zone. My up and down, I'm going to come back. Oh, I'm going to lose. Oh, my God, it's over. Take a knee. Screaming at the TV. I had not had a fantasy game like that until I watched Kirk Cousins actively try to murder me uh, on Monday Night Football Part 2. And I, I, I don't know how we ended up in this mid-off. I, sh- I had no business winning. But one more pick one more fumble, anything like that would have absolutely crushed it. If not for like the cheap yards that, Oh, and that 10 yard run he had really saved me uh, in that oh, fourth yeah, quarter. That yeah. I, uh, I got to tell you that out of all the leagues where, you know, I might've scored 250, 220, 190. I beat Jacob in both leagues. I faced him in. I, I really took it to Jacob pretty good uh, this week. I, I, I was really that. sad about Foot Clan. I mean, I, I knew that I was had a, a, no hope in how being <laughs> the league record, but the other league, I was like, I was like, all right, this is the league that I tend to demolish people. And then, and, uh, and then it was, who did you have? I like, I just like logged in at some point Sunday afternoon. I'm checking my leagues. I'm like, oh, like, let's check in this league. I always beat people in this league. And I'm like, oh my God. Tom Lamar, just laid like a can of Lamar, Tyreek, and Lamar, Goff. Tyreek, and Goff absolutely put you in a body. I yeah, started OJ, OJ Howard in the flex and body bagged you. <laughs> and Granson, and Granson at tight end, body bagged. Uh, so you like that. So out of all of the big wins and big losses, that near loss was the most exciting game we had this week. All right. I think that's enough of that. That's phenomenal. Sometimes you got to just look back and enjoy fantasy football for what it is. And uh, we've done that. So, Jacob, we have a new. New game for you this week. Um, it's the waiver wire uh, Jacob's game. So run us through how this is going to work. Because there's a lot of waiver wire shows out there. There's a lot of people doing a lot of great waiver wire work. And we, as we always do, want to have like a little different, like fun spin on it. So give us the waiver wire game before we get into Billy Stack Corner. Yeah, I call this waiver wire game the. It's probably too complicated for the show, and I just confused the hell out of Billy and Tom when I tried to write out the instructions <laughs> in the show sheet. Waiver wire game. Hello, man. Hello, man. Not, not hard yeah. to confuse me though. Uh, yeah, but Billy is, you know, he's a man of of many degrees. If I'm if I'm confusing um, the most educated member of the fantasy football community, then 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 I have to wear that that the problem is with me, not not with Mister Stone. Uh, anyway, the way that this game works is i was gonna say it's simple but maybe not is here's the simple part each of us picks one player to nominate 
as a potential waiver wire ad. So we're always going to try and pick people that we think are interesting. We're not just going to pick total random dudes that you don't care about. The only rule in terms of who we nominate, they can be any position, is they have to be less than 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues. So we're talking right. about regular redraft leagues for the public. If you play in a four wide receiver, four flex, two running back, super flex, eight bench league, yeah, he's probably not available in your league, but we're talking <laughs> about the average person, your work league, your water cooler league, your high school buddies league, right. etc. Okay. And then we each have a hundred dollars of fab to spend throughout the rest of the season. As you we would can spend that at any time. And then the maximum amount of players that we can hold on our roster at any one point, our little our little our little mini roster for the show is three. I mostly set it at three because I'll be tracking this and I have a lot of other things to do. And so I want to maximize <laughs> it at three. You get three. Okay. And the way that we're going to score this is you get the points over replacement from these players. So essentially you get, you get their points minus the wide receiver 24, the running back 24, the tight end 12, the quarterback 12 for the rest of the year for whoever you bid on. Once you get up to three players, then every time that you bid on someone new, you also have to drop somebody and you'll have to yes. know who you're dropping. Uh, so this week, each of us made a nomination. Um, and who are the nominations? Okay. Uh, I'll start this off. I'll start this off. I'll start this off. All right. My nominee for Wavewire week one is uh, Raheem starting running back, not Chase Edmonds uh, Mostert. Uh, he must start. Yeah, he's must start. I believe it's forty four percent of uh, Yahoo leagues. He is available. He fits just under the fifty percent. Okay, Billy, who's your nominee for the Supreme My Court of Waiver Wires? Is the best wide receiver in the NFC East, Jahan Dotson. Ooh, <laughs> a lot of good wide receivers in the NFC East. I mean, David Sills is in that division. Dude, we gotta be careful. <laughs> uh, and my nomination is. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, it's shockingly uh, avail available in seventy five percent of Yahoo leagues. Uh, that will not be the case after this week. So this Insane. is your one only chance to spend some of your free agent auction, free agent acquisition budget. I'm not going to come close, J Mr. Garrett Wilson. So can I here, guess yours? Yours is going to be sixty on Garrett Wilson. You cannot, like, you cannot guess. You cannot guess. <laughs> so here's here's the deal. All right, okay. we've all written down our bids on a piece of paper. Um, yeah. On the count of three, we're going to show our piece of paper. You're not going to be able to mine. Well, that's fine. You can just read off it if you want. But we're going to show your piece of paper. Uh, and then uh, whoever the highest person is gets it. All three go to one person. They get all one each, whatever. You can bid on everybody's bids. It doesn't matter. And then you get that person, and then that's that's how we're going to do it. All right? We get the so, points for that week. Okay. No, you I, get the points. I wrote you all get, mine no, in sorry. really small font. So. You, you get the points for the rest of the season. That they that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. It's active as of Thursday. Okay, I got exactly. you. All right. Exactly. We, I, gonna, I wrote all mine in very small font, so I'm going to keep my hands up, and I'll just show you all the paper at the end. Okay. Okay. Three, right. two, one. Here's mine. Oh. I have 23 on Wilson, three on Dotson, and three on, on Mostert. What are we doing yeah. a tie? What are we doing a tie? Okay, uh, so tie I... goes to the person who nominated them. I just made that up on the spot. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, got, I got 15 on Wilson, 10 on Dotson, zero on Mostert. So I win Okay, Mostert. so Tom gets Mostert. For free. Billy gets Dotson, yeah. and I get Wilson. So we all get who we nominated, and that's extremely boring. Okay. That's very boring. I will show this now. You can see I crossed out 15 on Dotson, but my hands were up. So. What did you bid on Wilson? Uh, 15. I got 20. So 
Let's see. Jacob Wilson, 23. Tom must start for three. Yep. And All right, I like that. I like that. I like that. We'll see how this goes. Week one. That's what's up. We're gonna tweet that out. We're gonna get the we're gonna get uh Lucas who's been crushing uh the social media. He's gonna tweet that out for everyone uh who's a little lost. We're gonna get that figure. <laughs> Lucas has been the absolute goat. Um that's at the cute hurts. He's criminally underfollowed. Go follow him. Uh Billy, we need a quick stat corner before we move on here. Oh, we're just going right in. We're going right in. All right, I got a nice and easy one for y'all this week. Jacob, I, I give you a good chance to get in this one because I feel like this is something you look at quite a bit. Oh, I baby. Want for, for players with more than uh, I put in seven targets, uh, uh, 10 or more targets this okay, season, or more targets. who leads the league in yards per target? I'm looking for the top three. The top three players who lead in yards per target over 10 targets. Yes. Oh, man. I don't actually look that much at yards per target, unfortunately, which is concerning. But Okay, well, one I of them has to be Chris Olave. Has to be Chris Olave. No, 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 no. No, that's he'd be all air yards. He, like, isn't actually getting that many yards per target. He had 14 targets, and I got 80 yards this week. Oh, 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 got you, got you, got you. Damn, this okay. Is, yeah, Damn. it's like act- actual yards, actual yards. Uh, I mean, Jalen Waddle like, has to be one of them, I think. Uh, or Waddle and Hill... Would both have to be on there? Hill had a good week one as well. Yeah, but Hill's week one was more volume based. Like Hill, I think Hill, like so because Waddle in week one had more yards on like half the targets. Okay, good call. Um, um, and then in week two, I think they had similar amount of yards. Although Waddle had more targets, I think they have well, they probably have similar yards, similar targets. Um, I'm just trying to think of who else has had like a lot of. I like Waddle. Players. Can we lock in Waddle? I want to lock in Waddle. I feel like he has to be. Has to be. Okay. I think it could easily be wrong, but I'm fine to lock it in anyway. We got th- we got three strikes. I'm just thinking like the yard leader, receptions yeah, leader. He's, he's got to be in there. So we're gonna go Jalen Waddle. Let's do Jalen Waddle, unfortunately, due to uh, his very high target share, did not make the top oh three. Oh my god! What? Yeah, I had a feeling that might be the case. A little scared of that. Um, okay. okay, so I don't think Justin Watson has the requisite number of targets, but he would definitely be crushing in the yards per target category. Um, and the answer see. is not Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> well, I thought of him first. That, that's why I thought of Justin Watson. So I was like, oh, MVS. And then I was like, wait, no, not him. Uh, would Rashad Bateman count? Rashad Bateman uh, has the correct number of targets. He has 12. And he had, I believe... 57 yards in week one and i think he had 110 in week two yeah you would have 167 yards on uh on i believe 12 targets so that's that's over 15 yards per target that's pretty good i would go with rashad bateman let's lock in bateman okay let's go rashad bateman jacob what yardage number did you say i said he has 167 on 12 that is directly on rashad bateman is number (laughs) two that was that was that impressive. Was disgusting. Rashad Bateman is the number two answer of this. Well done, Jacob. <laughs> okay, he was number two. There. That was unreal. Wow. That was okay. un. You are in the spreadsheets too much, sir. I'm a little proud of that one. Actually, maybe I should be proud of that one. <laughs> okay, okay, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. Um, All right. Um, I'm trying to think who else could like qualify. Rashad Bateman was number two. Do you think Nelson Aguilar has enough targets? I don't think he has enough targets. Okay, okay. 
Like, I really, I want him to. Like, Robbie Anderson has enough targets. He has over 130 yards, and he's exactly the type of person Billy would try to stick into a question like this. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't love it either, but I don't hate it. I, I like uh, that this game slowly turns into y'all figuring out how mean I am. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who it's not. It's certainly not a member of the Chicago Bears. I don't think anyone of the oh, Bears has five targets yet this season. Oh, my. It's so embarrassing. Shout out to everyone in Chicago. Okay. Um, it's not Lucas says this feels either. like a Burks question. I don't think his yardage. Yeah, I don't think it's Burks. I don't think it's Lockett. Um, I don't think either of those. Is the, Burks is more like a, hold on. More like a yard have... route. Right now. Can I use yeah. our hint? I have a yeah. I have a hint that I need. Okay. Is are they all are they all wide receivers? Oh, you 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 want to dictate? That's not a hint. That's a clarificatory question. That's not okay. A hint. Okay. A I'll question. I'll use a clarificatory question. Are they all wide receivers? Uh, this rule, this search clarified both wide receiver any pass catcher pretty much. Okay. Okay. So a tight end can be involved. A tight end can be involved, and there's one very athletic tight end who had a very good game yesterday. His name is Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I was thinking about him, but I don't think he's quite that level of, of yards per target. He's like, um, hmm. So he's like 11 targets. I only have two. Um, we need two, and we've got two wrong. Yeah. No, we only got one wrong, haven't we? No, we got one wrong. One wrong. Yeah, yeah, one wrong. I'm on drugs yeah. right now. Oh, my God. Not actually. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Good, Not good immediate save there. <laughs> I feel like I had to clarify. I'm not. Not actually. Um, Man. So, okay, well, let's, let's actually game this out. So, Dallas Goddard, the first week, had 31 yards. Last week, he had 81. So, that's um, – so, he's at 112. Um. I'm not sure how many targets he saw week one, though. Um, so I think that's, he that's did great on the low. line. Uh, eight, I think that... He has to some... have 10 targets. He has to have 10 no, targets. No, he has 10 targets, for sure. I just don't think he has enough yards. Like, he would have a lower yards per target than Jalen Waddle if he has 10 targets. It would be mathematically okay. impossible, I think, for him to have okay. more than 10 targets. Okay, so then let's... Than, let's... Than less... Okay, so just working it out in my brain... Yeah, Jefferson, no, because he had like 12 targets for 40 yards last night. Yeah. Um, we gotta be, we gotta Brown, be cool. Brown, possible. Brown, Brown has, uh, he had 155 the first week, and he had, um, I believe, 69 last night. Um, he only had 15 catches, though. I know that. Yeah, 15 catches. 69, I know that because I missed my parlay. <laughs> um, so he's at like 225. Okay. He's at like 225. He had, I think, 12 targets the first week, and he had eight. So he's like 255 on top of 20. That's possible. I mean, I don't want to waste like a million years guessing, so I don't hate guessing A.J. Brown. Okay. Can I, I – then the next guess I want to add is Corey Davis because I'm pretty sure Corey Davis after this week has a similar stat line to Bateman because I play oh, Corey Davis a lot this I week. Can, I can math that one. Corey Davis had uh, 89 yards this week. Your fucking uh, brain, man. Oh, my God. Uh, how many did he have the first fucking week? He had, I think, 77. So yeah. I think Corey Davis is at 166 yards um, on, I want to say, 12 targets. I like that one. Let's do Corey Davis. Okay. We're going to yeah, go Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Billy's favorite player, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is number six. On oh. the list with 
160 receiving yards and 14 targets. It's Jacob, I think you're getting going. too big for your bridges here. Okay, try we're gonna go. Okay, okay. let's try AJ Brown. Well, let's, use, wait, wait, let's use the hit first. Let's use let's the hit, use the hit and, and then we'll go. We'll pick because we've been at this for a yeah. few minutes now. I, I know y'all don't like geographical ones, but this one's That's fine. We'll take all it. three of these players play in the northeastern United States. Okay, so AJ Brown fits. He's in the northeastern United States. Okay, let's guess AJ Brown. That's like, yeah. that's like if we're rocking I'll our. Tell you brain, what, if I go down, I'm down to go down with Brown. Given your other comments about AJ Brown, that one's a little sus. Billy, is I it AJ Brown? Brown, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Billy, AJ Brown. AJ Brown is not the answer. Oh, God. this is gonna be something really a- stupid. Right. AJ Brown answer, had 224 yards on 21 targets. Jacob again off by one yeah. on both of those numbers. Uh, oh my god. Both of the remaining two players were said in this segment though. So Oh no. Did I guess Nelson they? Aguilar correctly? Because Nelson Aguilar is number three. Ah! You should have listened. You should have listened. <laughs> and the league leader in yards per target is Dallas Goddard. Ah! Wow, fuck. I should have listened to you and you should have listened you to me. You should have listened. You should have listened to each other. Oh my god. Oh my oh, we god. We sound both. That sucks. Oh, that's so much fun. I love that. Uh, we're oh, gonna take man. a quick break. We call, it's one over. one one to one. Uh, right now between uh, us and Billy. So lots of fun to have this year. We did the waiver wire game. We talked about brutal fantasy losses. We're going to get into our player picks when we come back. Here's a clip from last week's show uh, where we were missing uh, one certain Billy. Check it out. Uh, AJ Brown had a air yard share of 70%. His target share was 44%. His whopper which, as I mentioned in my week one thoughts in the Full Tilt of Bulletproof Discords, is a stat, not his penis, but his Whopper was 1.15. <laughs> that is, is just positively massive, massive. That's a foot, by the way, and, and 1.5 inches if you're, if you're doing the penis version of the stat. Uh, the human tripod, A.J. Brown. Uh, the yeah, work I, I had missed last week. Uh, the has, work I, mean, I had to do tonight. Target profile. The the amount I had to hold back the spit from flying into my new microphone. Uh, it it took a lot because oh man, absolute brilliant take. Look, every week we pick players that are we pick a quarterback that's outside of the top fifteen, running back outside of the top sixteen, wide receiver outside of the top twenty four, and a tight end outside of the top ten. And I got to tell you, I'm off the floor with these boys this week, and uh, that's what they get. This is the first time I have ever been in first place ever when playing this game. So don't call it a comeback. But Tom is I, riding a three point win right now. Don't I'll care. Tell, I'll tell you I'm what, the, 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 the OG Matt Ryan Julio stack has seen better days than, than it did week two. That's <laughs> yeah, that was rough. So last last okay. week, uh, we'll just rifle through it quick. Jacob uh, took a hard L after absolutely hard wiping L. the floor with us. Matt Ryan, 1.8. Darrell Henderson, respectable, 10.7. Julio Jones did not play. He took an L, a zero. We've actually changed the rules. We'll explain that if that happens again. Evan Ingram, 11.6. So that's not bad. <clears throat> Tom here, uh, myself, I had Carson Wentz, 27.78, the league leader in touchdown passes. How do you like them apples? Kareem Hunt, uh, he popped in a respectable 9.4. Christian Kirk, I look, I said it last week on the Tuesday show. I said it on the walkabout. 
all week I did nothing but talk about Christian Kirk, and he came through 25.8 points. And Hate Crime Higby. Hate Crime Higby came in at 14.1. Billy rocked Tua, 38.86 points. And shout out to Billy because he did this like two minutes before like he needed to get Yeah, I I apologize for missing. I should address that. I had a work emergency last week. Right. I had to covered all of this stuff in in like five minutes. Yeah, I made it up. (laughs) And Seems... still kicked your ass, Jacob. And Suss, he also Suss. rocked Michael Carter, uh, who had a respectable 10. Brandon Ayuk, 11.3. And Irv Smith came in at 14.6. So shout out yeah, to Billy. Yeah, and, and Irv should have had like 30 if he knew how to fucking catch. Yeah, no, that was an absolutely egregious <laughs> drop. The truthers were down real bad. And uh, the total points is <clears throat> your host with most time his hands uh, is in the lead. 130.78. Billy... Uh, coming in second at 121.04. And it's amazing what two absolutely duds do to you one week after being a superstar as Jacob is uh, falling behind at 94.7. But it's a new week, which means new players and new opportunities in the game. Jacob, as quick as you can get it out, uh, who are you running with this week in your set of four? Look, I think I picked this guy all the way back in week one and he came through for me and I'm going to do it once more here. He gets a freaking fantastic matchup against the Seattle Seahawks, who I don't know if they were riding high on emotion or methamphetamines or whatever it was that they were doing in week one, but that's clearly gone because they look like the exact Seattle Seahawks I expected them to be starting in week two where they let Lance, Jimmy, and the rest of the 49ers walk all over them. Marcus Mariota coming in. He might be uh, after a lot of calls for Desmond Ritter in week two. He gets a winnable matchup against the Seahawks. He gets London, who's a total boss. I have to think that they're going to be getting Kyle Pitts a little bit more involved of Arthur Smith values job security this week. So well, it's not fantasy I, I, football, I mean, Jacob. He's just trying to yeah, win that games. Was, like that That's comment rough. is like just such a funny comment for an Owen two coach to make. Like anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like he was, I feel like he was trying to do the Kadarius Tony thing after week one, where it was like, am I disappointed in a victory? But it was like, he, you lost though. So like, what, what's your point? <laughs> no, that's so he good. I love that. Something. Yeah, anyway, I'm taking Marcus Mariota. He runs, he plays the Seahawks. We love that. Who else? Run through them. Oh, I'm doing them all. Okay, running back. Um, I'm taking a forgotten man here. I'm going to take Travis Etienne. I talked a lot about in the Bullproof Discord and in the Full Tilt Discord. Uh, a bit of a deep dive into this backfield. I think that in any week that you expect the Jaguars to play from ahead, Robinson is clearly the preferred play. I think in a neutral script, they profile similarly. And I think in a game you expect them to trail, it's ETN, it's the preferred play. They get the Chargers this week in a game that I expect them to be chasing points. I, I could easily see a scenario in which um, they're trailing from behind. And honestly, I'm just looking kind of forward to seeing that script just to see exactly what the usage would be at that point. I'm going to take a bit of a gamble here that ETN will get more work in the passing game in that kind of script. Um, and honestly, like as much as the robinson's story has dominated the first two weeks as it should he's been phenomenal and, and way more involved way better uh, than anybody could have possibly expected after that injury um i think each looked good when he's had the chance to touch the ball so i'm expecting some explosive plays this week for real love it receiver uh wide receiver uh i am gonna go with uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has been ooh, relegated ooh. to a second-class citizen with the emergence of Garrett Wilson. I've been talking all about Garrett Wilson. By um, you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've relegated him. I've, uh, but now I will resuscitate him from the dead. Um, I love both of these Jets wide receivers very, very much. Uh, and I think that I'm going to continue buying both at almost at almost any cost. 
Love Elijah Moore's spot this week uh, against Cincinnati. I think it's an opportunity for him to get right. Um, I was watching some of that game over. He's open a lot. Flacco seems a little locked into to Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to have opportunities this week um, for a bounce back game. I'll go with uh, Elijah Moore. And then okay. lastly, my tight end pick, I'll just be up front. I'm accepting the injury risk here out front. It's not like the Julio last week where nobody knew that he was injured and I felt like I got a little screwed. This week, I have I know. So if he doesn't play, I'll take my zero. But okay. he's ranked at tight end 36 this week on Fantasy Pros, and he's probably <laughs> one of the best tight ends in the league. George Kittle, please play this week. Uh, hey, that's a deep, deep dive. He's actually 35. Uh, 36 would be our boy O.J. Howard. So. Oh, man. Well, I'm not thinking I just want to set the record uh, absolutely straight. When you're when you're down this far, you need to take a big swing. So I, I like that. Uh, for me, my lineup this week is the man, uh, the myth, the legend, the man that helped me wallop Jacob. I'll say that again: the man that helped me wallop Jacob in Foot Clan League. Uh, Jared Goff is my quarterback. He's quarterback seventeen. He's locked in on the Sun God, who I traded a twenty-four first four straight up this weekend, and nice. I'm feeling good about it. I'm also taking Jacob's boy Darrell. Henderson Jr., he's the RB27. Still not quite sure what's going on with Cam Akers. He got a few more touches. I like this matchup against Arizona. Henderson could have himself a good game. And I'm taking injury risk here as well, but I'm also taking the Indianapolis Colts' uh, most valuable player, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver 28. Don't care about matchup. After last week, Matt Ryan is going to throw him 25 targets if he's healthy, even on one leg. Uh, it's going to be great. And you're going to get I so said, many garbage time points this week. I, in I that know chiefs Colts game. Just on the, Ryan on the walkabout, <laughs> on the walkabout a, a couple months ago, when this signing happened, I touted this as a signing that I really liked for the New York jets. And it's coming to fruition. It's not CJ Uzama. It is conch daddy, Tyler Conklin fantasy pros tight end 15 for this week i'm popping him in this lineup the believe he had seven targets last week as long as flacco is the man throwing the ball 50 times a game which again he might have to i like conk daddy to possibly fall into the end zone uzama sucks it's all about the conk daddy baby philly can you believe that tyler conklin aka conk daddy aka conk shell um is leading the entire nfl and routes run from the tight end position that doesn't surprise me at all uh, again, I was, isn't even good. <laughs> like, I was locked in. I will say I, again mean? on the walkabout, I talked about this signing really mattering. And now that Flacco's throwing the ball 50 times a game, it's it's actually kind of coming to fruition. So I like that. Billy, uh, your your team of four before we move on here. We got a little bit more to get to. Yeah, I'm going to take Brian Tannehill. He's playing Vegas. It's going to be a get-right game. I I think this is going to be a pass-heavy offense. Can't I, get much worse. I I don't think the 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 Tennessee Titans are going to be able to stop Devonte Adams and Derek Carr. Doodle too. I like Conkadoodle too. <laughs> uh, but um, I I think Tannehill is going to have to throw in this game for them to continue to be competitive, and they're zero and two. Like, I, I think they're going to change this game script up and they're going to have to move the ball through the air. So I'm taking Tannehill against Las Vegas. Next up, I got the first positive game st- script. I've been touting that I wanted the Seattle backfield all year. And so I'm going to take Rashad Penny against Atlanta. I, I think this is going to be their situation for Gross. their time for Penny to just run the ball the entire game. Like, I, if it isn't this week, I've been wrong. So the look on uh, Jacob's face. 
it always tells such a great story when Billy makes a pick yeah. because Jacob wants to explode out of his well, chair. I just hate Penny. Not like personally. I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited oh, to it. see Kenneth Walker this, this week. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm also going to take Jahan Dotson at the wide receiver position. Uh, this feels like a shootout against Philly. Uh, they're going to have just about every opportunity for Carson Wentz revenge to game. continue to air the ball out. And it seems like that's going to mean Dotson targets and likely Darius Slay on Terry McLaurin. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of good right now for Jahan Dotson to come through and potentially blow up in this game. Uh, uh, yes, Toronto Dave. Uh, yeah, finally, Toronto. Toronto Dave is asking a second or, or Penny. It's the second. No, it's Billy, for sure. says, Billy would actually take Penny over two twenty three first. I, I think that's what he told me. That's I'm pretty shot. sure. If we roll the audio back, I'm pretty sure that's what he just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 May not have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, y'all, y'all just throwing them off. So hard. <laughs> uh, and, and finally, I'm gonna take the should be tight end one from this last week, Irv Smith. If he would have been yeah. able to catch the ball. You're going back uh, to back? Oh. Back to back. Bad look. Smith. Bad he look. did not steer me wrong. They're going against Detroit. Are you I think Drake? their defense sucks. And I I think their offense is good enough to make this a shootout. Look, Detroit is building their team correctly. And I'm uh. really excited for what they're doing. But it's not finished yet. The Death Star is not being formed. And Irv Smith is slowly taking over an Adam Thielen-level role in that offense. I I think Irv Smith is going to be very good this week. So, yeah, I'm doubling up. Give me Irv Smith another week. Well, let me remind you that the Death Star was not fully operational when it blew up Alderaan. And when Jared Goff pushing the button to launch the firepower at you, Jared Goff is coming through to ruin your fucking day, big guy. That's how it's going to go. Jared Goff, QB1, let's go! Better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Oh, one, one hey, person, one uh, person on the show. Better human, that. uh, that's for sure. Certainly. Uh, yeah. Certainly. Uh, all right. Uh, look, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We're gonna get into a bit of the meat of the episode here. Uh, we are doing some dynasty takes. Uh, whether we're we're believing, we're fading, we're not into it. We are into it. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we're gonna do this every couple of weeks just to keep, uh, you know, locked into the dynasty, uh, world. See what's happening on the Twitter streets and. You know, try not to drive ourselves absolutely crazy. So sit tight. Here's another clip from last week and uh, enjoy. I, I think Pierre Strong is really interesting because yes, we're going to talk go. more about we're going to talk more about the Ramondre thing later. Um, so I don't want to spoil the whole thing. But basically what we saw from the Pats backfield, you know, was that there wasn't a clear preferred pass option between Harris or, or Stevenson. And Ty Montgomery had that role. And it's not like, you know, it's entirely possible based on what we saw that they just won't be expanding Harris or, or Stevenson's role into that. Um, there's worlds where they do, but in the world where they don't, Pierre Strong, you know, could be a really interesting target. And he has, of course, a much better rushing profile than Ty Montgomery, such that if he's able to get into the mix as a pass catcher, you know, maybe his role just starts to creep and expand. So he interests me a lot. So just just thinking about that take there when we talked about Ramondre, obviously not the game people wanted Ramondre Stevenson to have, but I think it's important to remember that the game was still very good for Ramondre. It's just Damian Harris fell into the end zone. So Ramondre still had all the peripherals you want to see, the targets, everything like that. So let's talk some Dynasty, and I just want to take a minute uh, to remind everyone who is the king. And through week two, 
Lamar Jackson is number one in touchdown percentage at 10.2, number one in yards per completion at 14, number one net yards game per attempt, 8.67. They are number two in yards per attempt at nine, number three, he's number three in passer rating, and number four in QBR. They're also averaging the most yards per play in the NFL. The team is back. They're not going to throw the ball that much, even when Dobbins comes back. He's obviously not going to get a full workload till the end of the year. Guys, Lamar Jackson is him. He's back. Uh, I absolutely love him. Absolutely love it. Uh, although I will say he put on 20 pounds and it looked like it on that 79 yard run. Like it's the only time I've ever seen Lamar Jackson turn around and be like, holy shit, he's still there. Like he turned around and was like, please don't tackle me. Please don't tackle me. Please don't tackle me. And then he evaded it. But I love it. I love it. I had to stunt on them hoes real quick uh, because I was tired of the disrespect. Guys, I'm going to kick this off because I feel like um, mine will probably take the longest, but I got to say this, the state, and I know we joke, Jacob, you yourself, you do nothing but talk about the running backs and zero RB and how absolute dog shit they are. Um, that's I posted like a thread of Nick Chubb runs and like ogled over how much I enjoy watching him carry the football like literally the other day. So I don't actually hate running backs. I just hate drafting them. Yeah, they, that's they, that's an absolutely fair point. Uh, I, I just want to point out with fantasy football running backs right now being absolutely disgusting, I don't think it's ever entirely been this bad. I just want to run this through, and I, I'll say this. Out of the top 24 running backs drafted, the top 12 to 15 – might only have like four guys remaining in it this year that that are in it this year. And listen to this. It's it's quite disturbing. So in 2021, it was Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty fucking good. Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Antonio Gibson, Zeke Elliott, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins. Like that's who was drafted first at running back according to Dynasty League Football in 2021. Let's talk about 2022, because uh, even then it looks a lot different. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor. Then you had Najee. Then DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams. Already, that's a much different top five. Brees Hall got in there after Barkley. Then Eckler, he moved up. Cook moved down. Mixon moved down. Derek Henry moved down. Even Nick Chubb moved down. Kamara moved down. And we don't know what's going on with Akers. Gibson, mm. J.K. Dobbins, E.T.N., Aaron Jones is old, David Montgomery's trash. Uh, I won't say trash. He's actually looked pretty good. But contract year, don't know what he's going to do. We know about Jacobs and Zeke and Elijah Mitchell and Fournette. This is an awful period of running backs. When you look at them and how old they are, we have Chris McCaffrey will be 26 this time next year. Uh, Barkley, 26. Brees Hall, obviously, he's young, so we're not even going to lump him in. But Eckler, 27. Dalvin Cook, 27. Joe Mixon, 26. Derrick Henry, retired. Like, he already looks dusty. I am terrified for running backs, period. However, the 2023 class right now, uh, potentially coming in, there are four to five guys with potentially another one. It's college football season. It's very early, correct? That can come in and automatically take some of these guys' spots, like Kamara, like Henry, even Mixon. Beyond, obviously, I think Beyond Robinson is going to be the RB2 in Dynasty before he gets drafted. Oh, yeah. I truly believe that. Billy, you're going to have a shot to watch him live uh, coming up. You, you'll be able to attest to this. Jameer Gibbs looks like a phenomenal player. Zach Evans looks good. Sean Tucker, uh, Anthony Carrenti, who's been 
dropping uh, 2023 prospect profiles on the Full Tilt YouTube. He's been hyping Sean Tucker, size, speed, love him. We don't know what uh, uh, the Texas A&M starter is going to do. Kenny McIntosh looks okay. Blake Corm, Tank Biz- Bigsby getting some rare pass game usage because Auburn finally decided to throw the ball semi semi forward. Like these are these are good signs. Then you look at 2024 with Travion Henderson, Will Shipley, Braylon Allen, Donovan Edwards, and Raheem um, Sanders. Oh my God! There are five to ten running backs coming over to the next two years that will completely eliminate these running backs. People are still drafting, and that's not even getting into the absolute god that is at Penn State, Saquon Barkley 2.0 right now. The running back landscape is terrifying, and. I don't know how you guys feel. Well, I kind of know how Jacob feels, but I don't want any of them. I don't want a single one. Uh, I hope I'm not the only one as terrified because I am scared shitless of this right now. Jacob, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. Oh, we were kind of just like dosy doing there. Yeah, we like were both breathing in really hard on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, I basically, I came into this season, yeah, basically with what you said, like all of the really, all the running backs, basically, aside from like Taylor and Swift, that, and, and Najee Harris, I guess, um, that we were projecting at like a really high point total, essentially that we were drafting early in redraft formats, um, are all like old. It's mostly the 27 class, a couple from the 2016 running back class. Um, and you know, these are players that it's sort of we project them to do well until we don't anymore, which, uh, you know, the, the age cliff yeah, is Zach Evans is an RB prospect, Dave. Yes. Yeah. A very good um, one. Yeah. Like Zach Evans a lot. And, you know, when you couple that, where it's like, we don't know when the end is coming for Cook, Kamara, Jones, Fournette, Mixon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know that there's all these great running back prospects coming in in 2023 and 2024. It just creates such a disincentive to buy those guys. And so, yeah, the running backs that I was into coming into this year were like, I'm either going to spend up on the young one and Taylor. I, I think Swift was fine too. A little pricey for me compared to other options, but I think his price is well earned. Um, you know, or I'm going to go for like the mega elite near-term ceiling of CMC and Barkley or I'm spinning all the way down to like Fournette and Connor, who basically aren't really that different in terms of their roles and like Mixon and Eckler, but they just cost a lot right. less. I think like I still feel really good about Fournette. Like he looks like a total bell cow. The offense looks like kind of trash, but um, I think maybe when they get all the receivers back, they'll look better. Um, McCaffrey's fine. It's it's he still has like a fantastic role. It's not the you automatically win your league for having him in your lineup role that he used to have. So that's a little disappointing, but it's still it's still really good. I mean, Barkley looks like a steal, but part of why I was so in on Barkley was just like that he costed less than the other elite yeah. running backs. Now it's catching right? up. But now that it now that it's catching up, I'm at the spot where it's like, well, I could move him. If someone wants to send me the Godfather offer, I'm not dying to move him. I think he's going to have a, a phenomenal year. But if someone wants to send me, you know, a, a big boy offer for Saquon Barkley, which we haven't been able to see people sending big boy offers for Saquon in a couple of years, right? That's why I was buying. But now that the excitement is catching back up, I'm I'm down for it. I just um, I told Billy I bu- told Billy before we went live I tried to take Juan Barkley straight up for Brees Hall, and oh, I I, sure I feel I really that. good about that with our own. available two weeks ago. No, absolutely it wasn't. Absolutely right. it wasn't. So I'm okay taking advantage of the rising price on Saquon. And the other guy that I was buying was ETN. Like ETN and Barkley were the two guys that were kind of in the middle that I was buying, and one has now gone up in price such that. I'm okay selling them in Barkley. And then the other has gone down in price, but I think it's pretty earned. So like, I'm okay buying ETN um, 
now, I, I guess, but I think his price like varies v- probably very widely depending on the league. So I could buy him or sell him. So I don't know. I, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a time where if I'm looking at running backs, I just want to buy cheap production to get me through this year. And I'm thinking one year plan with running backs. Like I'm just thinking, yeah. let's get me through this year at the running back position on my contenders, on my non-contenders. I don't need any running backs. And then I'm going to figure out 2023 in 2023. Either I'm going to draft the backs in 2023 and start them, or I'm going to draft them and then maybe trade them for proven production, but I'll, I'll take advantage of all the value that's going to be on those backs at the time that they're drafted. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on the one year plan right now. And basically all my leagues at the running back position. Absolutely. And for all the leagues that are, are like you're two, three, four, five years old. I know, again, we talk about this a lot uh, on the walkabout, Billy, you've joined us on the walkabout. We, we talked this about this a lot. All your teams that are four or five years old will have to deal with this. And I know it's tough to sell off these guys, but Billy, before I kick it to you, I, I just want to run these by you. These are the uh, week two uh, fantasy leaders at the running back position. Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Harris, DeAndre Swift. Come back from Achilles being torn, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, David Montgomery, Darrell Williams, uh, Najee Harris, J.D. McKissick, Brees Hall, Jeffrey Wilson, Antonio Gibson. And Outside of that was Barkley, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette. It is a terrifying time for running backs. It is – the disparity is crazy. Where do you stand? Again, you've heard I am panicked as fuck. Jacob's a little bit more chill about it. Where are you at? Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't say I'm panicked. Um, well, uh, what a lot of this comes down to for me is if I'm worried about the situation, I think I need to be worried about fundamentally where football is going, at least in terms of the running back position. I think if you believe that football as a sport is going to start leaning more towards these heavy shootouts, running doesn't win the game, like style of play, which I yeah. think is completely fair take. I think it's completely valuable to be worried about what we're looking at here. But I, I think a lot of what is causing this fear is that, first off, there's a lot of turnover at the top of drafts. I mean, you you want to jump right now and look at ADP from uh, a couple weeks before the season started. I mean, of the top couple guys, like – Taylor, Barkley, Swift, Mixon, McCaffrey are really the only couple that were at the top of your drafts that are still considered RB1s right now, just in term conventional 12T rules. But a lot of that, I think, comes down to from the previous years, there was always this like second ledge. We would always be excited for these top, top Hmm. level guys, but it felt like there was always this back of the first, like to the mid third tier of running backs that was always yeah dalvin cook kamara henry was there for a couple of years he obviously moved up eckler was there for a couple of years he obviously moved up mixon's one of them and a lot of it feels like those guys like that group of guys are just crashing so yeah. it feels like a lot of the position has turned into you have swift you have barkley it Thank God he had that crazy turnaround this last week because, mm. boy, did he did that look rough to start. Nick Chubb, who had three touchdowns and yeah. in a single game. Like, besides those players, what the biggest fear at the position right now feels like there's very little consistency. 
And it feels like there is a chasm as you kind of jump where there's an elite level and then a lot of mediocrity. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that first off it's week two. Um, And I think as we let the season play out a little bit more, a lot of this randomness is going to kind of stay move out. I think we're going to see a lot of players like Dylan start climbing back up the boards. Williams I th- or Javante, I think, is a big one. Najee yeah, right. is, uh, I, as much as I, I am the resident Najee hater, I, I think Najee is going to start climbing back up. And these guys that are these like stalwarts, like Connor, Montgomery, these boring players are going to start climbing their way back up. I think a lot of this feels scary right now. Because it doesn't feel like we have that CMC or Taylor option where there's Mm. just a step above. And I think a lot of, and I'm going to lead this into my dynasty value check right now. A lot of what this comes down to is you as a player need to fundamentally look for who is the next guy to take over that role. Right. That's what we always preach. You want to look for upside and that guy that's going to get you that pure upside and a huge floor because that's what makes an RB1 in fantasy. And I'm going to lead this into my players that stuck out because I think we are looking at potentially the next guy currently running for the Jets and Brees Hall. (laughs) I, I think Brees Hall looks like the, you could say DeAndre Swift, I'm completely fine with that. I think Brees Hall looks like the most exciting running back in the league right now moving forward. Like I interesting. I think the the team that's around him, the pure youth and talent that's sitting on that team means that Brees Hall is going to do the one thing he does better, he did better than any college running back the last 3 years, which is score touchdowns. And on top of that, he is already being involved in the in the passing game. He has already been involved in the rushing game to a lesser extent because of Michael Carter, but there's so much value. Being does have a around him. If y'all remember a couple years ago, I believe it was 2017 Christian McCaffrey showed up randomly in the last like eight weeks. And all of a sudden Christian McCaffrey was the best player in football. And right. then his yeah. next season, he was the best player in football. Like, wasn't even close. I believe it was actually 2018. I apologize on that. But he finished as the RB7. Uh, whatever. Fuck the math. I, I don't need to pull this. But it was 2017. I was wrong. But Christian McCaffrey all of a sudden became this, like, top-level talent. And we saw that progress into the next year. I think there is a very very legitimate chance we watch the same thing happen with Brees this year. As he becomes more involved in that offense and that offense builds around him, the talent that's on that team could make him, he could be a 20 touchdown guy the next couple of years. He could run for 1,300 yards each year, catch 600 yards and passes. Like the sheer value of right now, what dynasty value would you put on Brees Hall? Like straight up that's that's pretty much yeah like if you had to give him your dynasty running back ranking right oh he he was two since the moment he was drafted for me i i think that might be interesting he's four for me i think like a lot of people as soon as the season ended last year javonta williams jumped to rb4 i i I think think we are i i think we are 
early on that right now for Brees. I think Brees is on a trajectory to push to be dynasty overall pick number one. Like, I, I think there is so much potential value moving forward for him that uh, unless you're looking at super flex formats, which is going to be Josh Allen or whoever for the foreseeable future. Right. You're talking about I, the fourth position player yeah. off the board, potentially. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think there's a very good chance we're looking at that for Brees. So I'll, I'll put out high. I'm in Brees into context. So like I prefer Taylor for sure. I prefer Jefferson for sure. Chase for sure. I won't include quarterbacks for now, just like position players. Right. Um, Taylor, Jefferson, Chase for sure. I still prefer Pitts and I prefer Andrews um, valuing the tight end position. Um, and then I would say I prefer AJ Brown. Um, that's probably it. Those would be the only non-quarterbacks I would take over. I, I think Brees. that's a pretty metered assessment on him in the way yeah. I view him right now. Yeah, that's, like, that's I, I think I think you can make a very very convincing claim for Brees over Taylor right now. I I don't want to buy into that because Taylor is this consistency lord. He is absolutely made to just run the ball down. That's interesting. But I I think there is a very convincing deal that if you are one of these teams that just has no hope, but you got Taylor, you got him in the first round a couple of years ago. If you could move Taylor and get Brees plus, which I I think is going to be very legitimate in a lot of dynasty rooms right now. I I would be all over that. And that's totally fine. I, I think it's fair. Like I had this discussion the other day of like, if you knew, which most time you don't, but it was like, if you knew that your 2023 first was going to be the 101, like there's no lottery. It's just max points for, you know, it's your own pick. You already know, or, or, or you have somebody else's pick, but like, they're so Brad, far behind. You the have points, pick somewhere. Like, there's just no chance it's going to be anything but 101. Um, would you rather have that pick or would you rather have Taylor? Um, and in my sense, I'd rather have the pick because I'm yeah. that confident in Bijan that he is going to be basically Taylor, but okay. So you have to survive next year and which he's probably not going to be like the RB one overall. He's going to have like the Taylor kind of rookie season where it's like kind of slow out of the gate. Probably what we're seeing with Brees right now, where he's like, he's kind of an RB two. And then by the end of the season, you know, you're really pumped up to start an RB one every single week. But then after that, like you get his second year and you get his third year. This year is Taylor's third year. You've already used up two and a half of those years, but you know, if you're not contending, you're going to be essentially using up three years. And then you're into the cell phase where, you know, his value starts to flatten out. Like if I could just, if I can just have taken all the points that I've gotten from Taylor, his first two years in the league, and then just re-roll that directly into Bijan Robinson, like I, I would do that. And I, I'm not maybe quite as convinced on Hall as a prospect that I am on Robinson. I mean, I'm pretty convinced that I have him like over Swift and Javante in my dynasty ranking. So this is a knock on Hall. I obviously love him. But I think if you feel the way about Hall that Billy does, and you feel the way about Hall where you see him in a similar vein to a Bijan, I totally get the argument for just saying, let's get it yeah. over with. I'm just going to move in. And, and I think the I think the best argument you can, can make for Brees right now. Uh, Y'all, you, we're both, we're all degenerates here. We all watch way more football than we probably should. If y'all had to take a shot at what Brees Hall snaps percentages the first two weeks were, what what number would you put out? I know he split pretty good with uh, Carter. I think Carter outdid him, but I think this week he was, he had to have been up over 55%. No, this week he was lower because Ty Johnson decided to make an appearance. So I think if I, 
I believe he was at like 46% week one. And then this week, I want to say he was like 38. I don't know. What was that? How's that? Brees Hall, the first week, had 45% of snaps. Oh, the second week, he had 27% of snaps. Oh, my God. That's low. As this team realizes what they have, which I think they already did. They came out and said they want him as a first-round pick. That could be coach speak, whatever. He's going to be so valuable moving forward. Like I agree. I, there's no way they keep him off the field. I think he might be the focal point of this offense. Well, he definitely he definitely has a Michael Carter problem. Like Michael Carter is too good to keep him off the field as well. So uh, sure. we'll absolutely see. And for context, uh, Brees is four for me. I still have uh, Swift. I have Swift one, Taylor two, uh, Javante okay. three, and I have Brees four. So it's and- it's still right there. Speaking of the Jets, I need to stop talking about Breeze because I've done it for like 10 minutes. Uh, Jacob, <laughs> your yeah. player that stuck out. And I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm going to make this a little bit broader because I think that everything that I say that I was going to say about Wilson applies to London too. And, and I think to Burks as well, albeit with wider error bars. But it's these three wide receivers. This is the, if there's like one point that I want to make to anybody that I talked to about Dynasty this week that I'm trying to do on my teams, buy high on London buy high on Wilson, buy high on Burks. And here's why. I'm not just going to run over all the stats. I will really quickly. They're all over 30% targets per route run. That's elite. That's like best in the NFL level. Do I think they're going to be that all season? Of course not. But the fact is, is that in their first two games in the NFL, theoretically, when they should be at their worst of the NFL player that they're ever going to be, they're basically earning targets at a best in the NFL type level. And Chris Olave is not even that far behind. And I don't mean this to knock Chris Olave. But like he was racking up prairie yards last week, right? These guys are actually getting all their targets. They're securing their targets. They're being efficient on their targets. We're talking about players that are showing target earning ability, efficiency, and production immediately in their offense. We're talking about London, who walked into a full-time role, injured, dominated. Wilson, who started out, they were saying, oh, he's going to be the number four wide receiver. Okay, that didn't last very long. Um, you know, Traylon Burks ran like 13 routes the first week, immediately over 70%. Their coaches are seeing what we're seeing, which is, oh yeah, these guys are like really good. Let's just not dick them around. Let's just play them. Let's get the ball in their hand. Um, and I'm so beyond excited. Here's the sort of strategy element that I wanted to bring up about each of these three yeah. guys. This is why I'm so interested in buying high. Um, I posted, I think the guys that I would trade for Garrett Wilson, the three that I kind of led with, if you can get them would be Metcalf, Deontay, DJ Moore for London. I might even go higher. I mean, if I have to, I'd even consider guys like Pittman. I consider guys like Higgins, um, you know, for Burks, I think you could probably still get them a little bit lower. I would try DK Metcalf. I would try DJ Moore, but I'd want to try a little bit lower if I could try someone that's more like in the, I don't know. See if you could do like an Ayuk or a Judy and add something that's not that big. See what you could be able to get done. Maybe at, maybe someone like a Keenan Allen. See, see what you could get done. I don't know. Your league. Talk to people. Talk to right. people. But all that being said, I, I think that I want to be buying high on these guys because think about how the market reacts to these things. DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, the market won't react as much based on any one individual input. We know these guys, we know who they are, we know what their situation is. If they have a big week, the market mostly says, oh man, that was a pretty big week for them. You know, if they have a bad week, oh, that was a bad week. But there's there's like their chart's gonna look more like this, right? These rookies, it's more like this, but you know what? It's more like this because <laughs> when you start this well with your rookie career, like 
it's one thing buying like a Sky Moore right now or a Pickens or a Jameson Williams, right? They haven't shown us anything yet. That doesn't mean write them off, but it means that they're very tenuous. They could go up, they could go down. But with these guys, yeah, they've shown so much in such a small sample that even if they do just trail off and they kind of plateau, um, you know, they're still going to look really strong. And I think that the market needs time to catch up. Like, if they just start having some four for 50 games, you know, three for 40 games, it's like, okay, they're yeah. a rookie. If they keep having games like this, if Wilson and London, especially keep having games like this, then it just keeps going. It's like a, it's like a falling knife. You can't catch it. And so I, I want to be ahead of the curve because I think that at this point in time, it's actually a very stable buy where over the next period of time, you're going to get one of two things going to happen. Either going to stay about where they are, which is a really promising rookie that had a ton of pedigree or they're going to be literally untouchable within a month because they're going to keep performing at this level. I don't know which one, probably the first one. Most <laughs> rookies don't keep doing that, but that's the type of range of outcomes you're buying. That's the type of range of outcomes that I want to buy into. Um, and I think especially in what with wide receivers, it's so hard to like really separate from the pack at wide receiver because there's so many good wide receivers and there's not enough great wide receivers. And you can only start so many that I want to be taking the big swings a wide receiver because the only way that a wide receiver ever really, really, really matters to your team is not being a good wide receiver too. It's either producing truly elite, like 20 points per game level upside, or it's being so valuable that you can add not that much and go get an elite quarterback, you know, go get Brees Hall, go right. get uh, Jonathan Taylor, go get an elite tight end, etc. And so I want to hitch my wagon to these rookies that have a chance to be one of those two things um, and, and I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really in on all three of those guys, especially. So I would be buying the shit out of all three if you can. Like, I think, um, I think one of the things is you, it's tough to get like, uh, when you're saying guys like trade, like guys like DJ Moore and, and see if you can go and get a Wilson or London. The problem is, is I think the immediate reaction is too strong. I don't think there's a lot of situations where you can move a DJ more right now because we know the Panthers suck. We know Matt rule is awful at his job. We know Baker is just not it. So I think, uh, I think it is tough. The, the question for me is, are you willing to buy them higher than that? It, are you willing to do the quote unquote buy high? Cause we always talk about getting the right value. Are you willing right now? Cause I guarantee if you go to Wilson, if you go to London, you're overpaying to get them. Are you, are you actively willing to do that? Yeah. I'll, so I'll pay, I, I will pay um, Higgins or Pittman for London straight up. Um, I think that that's, that's a pretty firm buy. I mean, that's um, I think maybe the guys that I'd most be willing to do is like, if someone drafted one of these guys, they have a really good team. I'll, I'll dangle copper digs in front of their face and say, okay, add a little bit and then come get this production. Cause I can see that being more tantalizing, right? It's one thing I think to, to be like, Oh, young receiver for young receiver. Oh, that's one probably produce a little bit more. Right. But if that doesn't work, you know, if, if I show up with Stefan Diggs, say, Hey, this guy scored 45 points last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> would you, would you, would you take, would you, would you trade London for him? I, I would, I would actually do that. And then, you know, maybe, maybe you can, I bet you can get some on top for sure with like Wilson or Burke, whatever. But I, I think maybe Cup and maybe Diggs, I would dangle and then see. I wouldn't just offer straight up because you're just giving away potential value. Yeah, but right. I, I would go to that offer. Now, if they're rebuilding, don't, don't be, don't be a dumbass. Um, but thank you. If they're trying to win it, and it's, and they just happen to have London or Wilson or Burks on a team, 
you know, say, okay, uh, here's, you know, here's cup, here's digs. You're trying to win. What do you think? Maybe they play the fuck off. I don't know, but that's, that's the kind of guy I could see it happening. I absolutely love that, man. Look, we're at a, we're at an hour and 11. Jacob, you have somewhere to be. You got another show to do after this. Absolutely phenomenal. Must be nice living on the West coast. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about it, but of course we are presented by underdog and every week, look, the last two weeks we've missed out on each one by one call. So I don't know whose call it's going to be this week. We're going to shout out these picks real quick. Play along with us. If you haven't played underdog yet, sign up, use promo code full tilt. It adds a little bit of excitement uh, to your game watching. You pick between two to five players, a few over a few unders, maybe a couple of rivals and you let it play out and potentially win yourself some money. Use promo code full tilt. If you never played before, they deposit match you up to a hundred dollars. We love doing it. We talk about it every week. You can play along with us. Uh, Jacob, your pick uh, for this week's underdog pickums. Um, you know what? You guys quickly go first. Uh, okay. And I look at, and I look at yours, I totally forgot. That far. He's been a busy man. Uh, I, Billy, I like yours here. Hit us with yours. Yeah, I'm taking Tyreek Hill over 87 and a half receiving yards. Look, we've seen what Miami can do in a shootout, and I'm going to take that that can transition into Buffalo. I, I think there's once. a good chance. And Tyreek is one of those players that can get that on two receptions. So I, I think that's an easy pick. Tyreek oh Tyreek is phenomenal. Uh, you have to wait yet have... still. Hold on. <laughs> well, Sorry. it's funny, Billy. I, just I found had to a pick... gimme. I apologize. I had to. I actually had to pivot because mine was the under on Tua's passing yardage at two sixty eight and a half. Uh, but I the can't. Thing is, I think he can do that, and Tyreek gets on. Yeah, first. that's fair. I just didn't want to, you know, jinx it. But Bateman's been the man two weeks in a row. I'm going Bateman over forty eight and a half receiving yards because that just seems like easy money to me, Jacob. Look, it's literally the first one on the board. Um, and I was like, I don't need to scroll any further. Mr. Trubisky over 0.5 interceptions. Yes, that's a pretty good one. That's that's <laughs> pretty good. So we're going Mitch Trubisky over 0.5. He's gonna throw one. Tyreek over 87 and a half, and I'm going over on Bateman 48 and a half. Jacob, where are you heading off to right away? And give your final thoughts. Oh man. I don't know. He might kill me for doing this live, but I'm just going to do it anyway. I don't care. Uh, I'm starting a new podcast with uh, Drew Ozenchuk. We're recording tonight. It's not going to be live. It'll come out this week, probably Thursday or Wednesday. Uh, it's called Sweat and Bullets. And we're going to talk through mostly Dynasty. We're going to talk a little redraft. We're going to talk a little stuff. It's going to be pretty strategy heavy. It's going to be pretty data heavy. Um, we're going to debate a lot. For anyone that, that subscribes to the Bulletproof Discord that sees our arguments on a daily basis, you're going to get that in audio form, um, which I've heard people appreciate because we often type past each other, uh, not in complete paragraphs, such that it is impossible to discern what we're saying. So you get to do that, <laughs> but with just interrupting each other instead. So I think that's uh, fun. Anyway, I'm going to go and do that uh, in one minute. Awesome. Amazing. Billy, final thoughts? Yeah, uh, I really got nothing. I'm still working on the chess live stream. That's really, really been a pain because life keeps moving quick. But I guess that's grad school. Besides that, uh, I love the Spaceman database. And I'm going to be posting a lot more random graphs online. So look forward to that. I love that, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, and for me, my final thoughts are generally always the same. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the GOAT. Don't ever forget it. The man is, is he's amazing. And Jalen Hurts... Man, if there was someone else going to finish his QB1, it has to be him. Absolutely phenomenal. Look, uh, Thursday we are back with the Devi Show for week four. 
for the Debbie show. You're going to not want to miss that. That's episode 161. And Friday, we're right back with the fantasy walkabout where we are going to talk a little bit more about lineup decisions. Can't wait to do that. I love hanging out with you guys. Uh, I look forward to Tuesday night every night. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Everyone listening, please head to the Discord. Go to truenorthffb.com backslash full tilt. We have some big things on the way in the making. Not official yet, but we'll let you know when it is. Can't wait to share that with you, and we wouldn't have been able to do it uh, without all of you tuning in and listening. So shout out to all of you. Remember, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, go subscribe, write a comment, leave a review, tell me that my hat smells and I need to wash it. Doesn't matter what you say, (laughs) as long as you say something. We appreciate it more than we can tell you. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose, and goddamn... Your best days are always spent tilting. Go Ravens. Let's go.